0: Haunted night, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair
1: thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorne and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. How are you, Tamara?
2: I'm fine. Do you hear that noise in the background?
1: I don't. Should I? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, we have
2: poltergeist tonight, dog poltergeist, finishing their dinner before the show starts. They were a little sick. Oh, okay. <laughs> but since you don't hear it, just trust me.
1: Okay, alright All right. All right um, okay. uh, first of all, you can learn more about what we do at our websites AlistairCross.com and tamarathorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at ThorneandCross.wordpress.com Or if you tweet, you can follow us at uh, AtCrossAlistair and at Tamarathorn. You can also visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air On Facebook, Twitter, and at AuthorsOnTheAir.com This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. And very briefly, before we introduce tonight's guest, I'm going to turn it over to Tamara, who's going to tell you what we're working on now.
2: Yes, we're working on our Gothic series. In a remote part of California, Ravencrest Manor, imported stone by stone from England more than two centuries ago, looms tall and terrifying, gathering its. Dark and unnatural powers, and drawing those at once as its own. I can't do him, Christ. <laughs> anyway, in in exorcism. <laughs> You're such an easy giggler. In Exorcism, book three of the Ravencrest saga, something evil stirring in the deep dark waters of the estate's indoor pool as ghostly jazz age parties fill the air with phantom music. Within the mansion, a maid is visited nightly by a demon lover, and governess Belinda Moreland is haunted by the tormented spirit of Violet LeBlanc, a silent movie star who was driven mad in her prime and wants Belinda to help her in her search for justice. The Ravencrest Saga series is first released in serialized installments. The first two episodes of Exorcism, Begotten and Incubus, are available now on Amazon, and the third is coming soon. We just had our way with a priest today, in fact.
1: All right, and if you... And if you want to uh, keep updated, again, uh, visit our websites and sign up for our newsletter. We are—you um, can visit us at com and com. But enough about us. Uh, tonight, we are excited mm-hmm. to introduce a debut novelist. Um, first things first, I want to say that we received advanced copies of this book. Um, we aren't finished with it yet, but both of us are about halfway through, and we are loving it. This is mm-hmm. some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited. So let me tell you a little bit about the <laughs> author before we introduce her. When not writing, Hester Fox works in the museum field as a collections maintenance technician. This job has taken her from historic houses to fine art museums, where she has the privilege of cleaning and caring for collections that range from paintings by old masters to ancient artifacts to early American furniture. She has a master's degree in historical archaeology, as well as a background in medieval studies and art history. Hester lives outside of Boston with her husband. All right, without further ado, welcome to the show, Hester. How are you?
0: I'm good, Alistair. Thanks so much for having me. You are welcome. We're so glad to
1: have
2: you. We
1: are. We are. Um,
2: Yeah. Okay,
1: so... So this is your first. This is your first book, which is very, very exciting. This is a magical time. Um, it really is. Uh, <laughs> it's a slow process, but uh, this is coming out in October. Is it October second? I believe. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, October second. So, I guess uh, to start with, I'm curious. What have you done, or did you do, or will you do to celebrate? the release of your first book
0: (laughs) that is a really good question um i still think it doesn't feel quite real yet so i haven't made any concrete plans but i have a feeling it's probably going to involve a lot of wine um (laughs) a lot of (laughs) cake um yeah and probably some more wine (laughs) <laughs> all right,
1: all right. fun. <laughs> this is, so fun. No, this is um, a book
2: called The Witch of Willow Hall. And yeah. so it's a book about witches, which is always a great topic. And you, let me just read this one quote about it before you tell us what it's about. Beautifully written, skillfully plotted, and filled with quiet terror, readers will devour this absorbing gothic tale of romance and suspense, perfect for fans of Samoan St. James and Kate Morton. And that's from Anne Lee Huber, the national best-selling author of the historical Lady Darby Mysteries. Now, it sounds great to us. We're big fans of gothic ourselves. Oh, yes. And we both kind of teased on Rebecca and stories like that. So um, tell us about... The Witch of Willow Hall. Just, what's it about?
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, broadly, it's about a family that lives in Boston around the turn of the 19th century, 1820s. So, turn of 19th century, I think. Turn of 18th century. Mm-hmm. I'm never sure how to say it. 1820s. Yeah, um, that's it's, confusing. It's, <laughs> I not <should> know, <laughs> but uh, there's a big scandal, and we don't know what it is, but it forces them to flee into the rural countryside of Massachusetts. Um, There's a house that the father of the family had built for a summer house, but now because of the scandal, they're gonna live there full time. Um, And like any good uh, Gothic novel, the house is kind of a character. So, you know, things are going bump in the night. Um, It's creepy. Our main character, Lydia, the middle daughter of the family, in particular, is kind of affected by the house. Um, she notices the most strange things. Um, and throughout their time there, she starts to notice that things inside of her that she doesn't really understand are starting to bubble up to the surface, kind of some some powers that have to do with her family history that she's learning as mm-hmm. we go through the book. Um, so that's there. pretty broadly how it starts off. Oh, that's wonderful.
2: Nice. It is, it is. I, book. I, like yeah. I said,
0: we've
1: we're we're reading it and we're not done yet, so we won't be giving any spoilers. But I, I love oh, this. I think it's fantastic. This is mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that I, I really like. I know it's not like really, you know, like, you know, it's not typically, you know, guy stuff, but I love
2: it. <laughs> he does. He really does. I
1: love He reads I Ro- loved,
2: more romance um, than I do. Yeah.
1: I do, nice. I do, I do. Uh, I loved, you know, like you, like uh, Tamara mentioned, Rebecca and stuff like that. Did you, did mm-hmm. you, do, do, do you read stuff like that? Is, is that what?
0: Absolutely, uh, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Rebecca is a big favorite of mine, yeah, for sure. Um, I also Great. love historical romance novels, so a mm-hmm. lot of the things that influenced that, my story were kind of, I wanted to have a love story in there too. So you'll see kind of like homage to, um, Romance novels, and then obviously a lot of I love Daphne du Maurier, um, Shirley Jackson, kind of gothic authors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly.
2: Did you ever ever read Daniel Seton? She's a fantastic, Um, was fantastic historical romance. Yeah, I read Catherine. Yeah, Uh that's one of
0: them. yep. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I I just found my whole collection.
1: Oh, nice. Other very,
2: yeah. I think I learned now, more history you, from her than from school ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you
1: have you have a master's degree in historical archaeology, and a background Ooh. in medieval studies and art history. Um, so, mm. what what is it about? Well, okay. So first of all, uh, historical archaeology, that's got to be really hard, right? You you must be. Uh, <laughs> You must be tired. I mean, you like, getting a master's degree or something <laughs> like that. Do you? Is it something that you just uh, uh, were passionate Raleigh. about? What, yeah, yeah. What what made you interested in in that? Um,
0: I was in an archaeology uh, major in undergrad, and as I was graduating, I realized there are no jobs out there. Um, so I was like. <laughs> I mean, so different from today. Um, so I decided to go to grad school, and I had a professor that just kind of pointed me in the direction of historical archaeology, and I got into a program. Um, graduated from that, found out there's still not that many jobs out there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so even though I went to school for that, I did enjoy um, digging, and, yes, it is really tiring and um, <laughs> intense. um It's not something I've done for actually years and years now. Mm hmm Nice. My my
2: niece does the same thing. She does paintings in Italy. She renews them and fixes them and all that. It sounds like a fascinating work. Yeah. Do you um, enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm not actually a conservator because I'm really bad at chemistry Mm -hmm. and you need a lot of extra schooling to do um, conservation, but... I have worked with a lot uh-huh. of conservators, um, and it is pretty amazing to watch them do those paintings. You know, when they take off, like, a little bit of a time at the old veneer and it gets cleaner and cleaner, it's really cool to watch. But um, mostly uh-huh. what I've done in the museum field is preventative maintenance, so I'm doing most uh-huh. of the basic cleaning to hope to make sure that the paintings don't get to the stage that they will need to be completely um Conserved, if that makes sense. Oh, right. Yes, right. it does. Is that, is
2: that now stressful? I understand it sounds,
0: sounds really stressful.
1: Too. I'd be afraid of like dropping <laughs> something. <laughs>
0: I, yeah, it actually really is. Every, every day, you know, you take a deep breath and you're like, okay, I really have to be aware of my body, where I am, what I'm holding. Right. Um,
1: I will not do yeah, millions of sure. dollars worth of damage today. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: and knock on wood, so far I haven't. All So.
1: All right. Now, wow, uh, and The you, Witch of Willow done this. Hall. The, the, the book itself, or mm-hmm. sorry, the building itself. You mentioned you mentioned in uh, uh, earlier that the like in any good Gothic, the uh, the house in The Witch of, of Willow Hall is mm-hmm. kind of a character of its own. And um, mm-hmm. so Willow Hall is modeled after the Barrett House, also known as Forest Hall. It was built in 1800. Yes. Um, What? So so tell us about that. What? How did you come across that? And and what made you choose that one?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, So I was doing an internship um, for Historic New England, which is a really great local organization here. Um, They basically own about 30 or 40 historic properties around New England, um, and they maintain their collections. They open them up as museums. So I was doing an internship in their collections department, and that would take me to the different houses, Um, with the collections manager and we would kind of triage problems in the houses. Um, Like if one of the house directors said they, I don't know, the historic carpets had a hole in it, we would go to the house and we would see what we could do for the carpet and maybe bring it back to their uh, headquarters and Mm -hmm. have it fixed there. So I was going to a lot of these different historic houses and they were all really cool. Um, But, Barrett House in particular, when I went there, it was just such an atmospheric house. I went on a late August day, I think, so kind of right at the edge of summer and fall, and the the trees are already starting to turn a little bit, just really beautiful and super quiet. It's in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And I just got this feeling it's just like this is a place that has a lot of history, and this is a place where I could just see like some really beautiful stories playing out. So from there, I just kind of Built up a story that I could see happening there, and it's completely fictional, nothing to do with the actual house or the family that lived there. But um, it just kind of was a seed for that.
1: Nice, wonderful. That's how it happens. Yeah, Yeah. yep, it is. And and
0: witches,
2: witches in Massachusetts go together too. Are you a fan of um, oh, The House of the Seven Gables and all these things and witch history?
0: Witchcraft history is? Yeah Definitely Um, I live pretty close To Salem Which is kind of A double edged sword Because it means I can get there Pretty quickly But it also means It's always there So I don't always Go and do the things That you would Typically do in Salem no. I've actually never Been inside the House of the Seven Gables um, Yeah
2: <laughs> <but> <laughs> I think That makes sense winter. To me if, uh, mm-hmm. Sorry Oh that makes Total sense uh, Yeah Yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's always like that. So, yeah, I haven't been there, but uh, I've done some of the witchy things. Um, some of it's pretty touristy, like the wax museums, But it's fun. Oh, yeah. And um, I went to the uh, Halloween one year, which is like our Mardi Gras up here. It's absolutely ridiculous uh, in this in town. I think I heard <laughs> the population, like, triples on Halloween or something like that. It's nuts. Wow.
1: Right. Oh, that sounds wonderful.
2: <laughs> So oh, how did I, you decide to follow, write about? Oh, what, oh, oh, okay. I, I started Sorry, go ahead. You. There's that time delay. I have
1: to, to say there's a time delay. Yeah. It's very annoying. Mm. I apologize. Go ahead, Tamara.
2: Shut it up. Okay, then you. How did you decide okay. to write about witches?
0: Um. So I didn't actually decide to write about witches. It. It kind mm-hmm. of turned out that Lydia's character, just happened to be a witch. So as I was writing her, I. Was, that actually kind of came second in the story to what I had originally thought she would be, and I kind of discovered her powers along with her, if that makes sense um and then once I realized who she was, I was like, "Oh, this is so great because you know I love being from Massachusetts and all the history here, and it was fun to draw on that. how fun nice.
1: I'm curious about Lydia; she's a very dynamic character, she's a lot of fun. Um, how did you go about, and this is interesting to me because, uh, you, this, your, your, this is your debut, uh, novel, and, and it's, you, you know, this is really good, solid stuff. I'm curious about how, you know, what some of your processes are. We talked to a lot of authors, and some of them have been around for a long time, but, um, it's interesting to talk to a new author. I'm curious about some of your processes. How did you go about developing Lydia?
0: That's a really good question. Um, let me think. <laughs> I, I, mean, I guess I started with certain scenes in my head that I knew were going to be in the book. Um, I don't know where you've gotten, and I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't say specific scenes. But there were a couple of kind of, um, I, don't, I don't, cornerstone scenes that I wanted to incorporate, and so from those I figured out how they would fit into the story, and she kind of grew along with them. Um, I knew I wanted to have a bookish heroine Um, that was important to me, and basically I wanted to use a lot of Gothic tropes, but I wanted Lydia to interact with them uh, in, like, a more empowered way maybe than some Gothic books of the past would have portrayed the heroine. Um, So kind of trying to make her a little bit modern but also true to her time period. And I think I just got to know Uh her as I wrote. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> nice. Wow. Um, did you grow up around Boston? Uh, yes. I've lived here pretty much my whole life around the Boston area. Um, I did go to school in Western Mass, so the the town the, where the book mm-hmm. is set is New Oldbury. That's totally fictional, but I kind of base it off some of more Western Massachusetts. Oh
2: yeah we we always do that too <laughs> who wants to use a real town? you know people will bug you you have to make up your own, but you can heavily base it on something. works great <laughs> yeah. did, did you enjoy writing the his, writing the historical aspects or which way do you want to go? Do you want to do more historical stuff or do you like the
0: contemporary
2: or a little bit of both? uh
0: definitely historical I think um I just grew up. Reading so much historical fiction and 19th century literature, I think I would feel Mm -hmm. lost actually trying to write contemporary. (laughs) Um, So I have a lot of respect for anybody who does because I feel like, oh my god, everybody actually lives now, they'll be able to tell like what's right or wrong. But in the past, you have a little (laughs) bit of room to fudge because nobody was there. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just love historical settings and I love exploring kind of like getting into a, a little uh moment in history
2: in detail. Yeah. We love historical too, but we tend to do just in our in our Ravencrest novels we will go back for sixty pages at the most. And when we do a historical flashback, it takes us probably three times as long to write a thirty <laughs> or forty page increment than it does to write a contemporary okay. one because we have to look up so much stuff. You must enjoy running. all the research that goes with it, right? Or, yeah. Or does it drive um, you crazy? I have to, hmm.
0: Well, a little of both, I guess. Um, I definitely I try when I'm drafting not to research too much as I go along, because otherwise I'm just like mm-hmm. down a Wikipedia rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah. I kind of will <laughs> stop yeah, um to come <laughs> back to, which is fun, but um, yeah, so it. It is frustrating if you you have written for a bit and then I go back to double check things or fact check and I'm like, oh, that wouldn't have happened at all. I can't use that that bit now. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's hard. It, oh, is it's so hard any, to do that.
0: Now that you're done, now that
1: you're done, and it's and it's out there and it and it's coming out and it's going to be out just in time for Halloween, which is fantastic. Um, is there anything that you wish you could have done differently or that you'd done more of or less of?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, well, as I'm on <laughs> deadline right now, <laughs> I think I wish I had gotten a little bit ahead on the second book. So when uh, it's not such a crunch. <laughs> so I can just enjoy the, uh, you know, the whole debut experience and the, the tour and everything. But, um, other than that, I, I'm just really happy with how everything unfolded, and I'm, the second book will get there. Yeah, Hopefully.
2: it will. Is, is the second <laughs> does the second book stand alone, or is it uh, does it have to do with the first book?
0: No, it's a standalone. Um, it is also going to take place 19th century New England, but a little bit later, um, in the 1840s, against mm-hmm. the backdrop of uh, kind of Edgar Allan Poe mania. And there's gonna be a little bit of magic in it, (laughs) yeah. So it's a lot of fun,
2: but completely standalone. Make sure you let us know when your pub date is. Tell your publicist, and so we can get you in. We book up months and months in advance. So (laughs) yes, let us know. We want to hear about that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, mm fun. Wow, Alistair, you should ask a question. I keep buttoning in. (laughs) I, you
1: know what I. You know what? You know what I'm, I love about this. I got to say, one of the things that I love about this book, and I know this is—I don't know how much you have to do with this or not—but the cover. I think the cover of this book is fantastic. Um, oh, did you have yeah. any say in the in the cover art? Some people do, some people don't.
0: Yeah. Um, so they very graciously asked me for my input, um, and I quickly realized I had no idea what I wanted or what goes to a good cover. Um, so. <laughs> Luckily, they're all experts over there. Um, and Harlequin, I think it's through their art department. So I want to give credit where credit is due. Harlequin in House, um, they came back with that absolutely gorgeous cover. Um, and they did. They worked with me to make sure that you know it reflected the time period and also the feeling of the book. So I, yeah, I'm just really pleased with it.
1: Yeah, oh, that's very wonderful. It's, it's it's very pretty. Uh, yeah, the other thing that jumped and that's unusual. Out, the, 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 yeah. The other thing that jumps out at me, um, the, not only the house being a character, but the town—the uh, fictional town that it's set in—is called uh, Old Newbury. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I find it's an interesting place. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What it's based on? How you went about developing that? Whatever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You got um, it backwards, Alistair. New Oldberry. Oh, oh
0: whoops! Well, yes. You know, I didn't even know. Did, did I say it wrong?
2: <laughs> oh. What did I say? Oh, I shouldn't have corrected you. You, you, you turned it around. You dyslexic. Did I? <laughs> you said, you said I old Newberry. Did I? You did. He always gets excited. Yeah. All right. Sorry I got about mixed that. Yeah. Up. My ears get dyslexic, too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Either way. So I didn't
1: even
2: know. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> okay. Now yeah. I pointed it out. All right.
1: Okay. <laughs> fine. Way to go, Tamara. No? Um, yes. No, like
2: can <laughs> No. <Aww. laughs> okay. So tell us about the town. Um,
0: yeah. Now, I I can't even remember what – New Oldbury or Old Newbury. I think it's New Oldbury. Um, <laughs> yeah. New Oldbury. <laughs>
2: You're a You're diplomat. Um, one of the,
0: the reasons I made it fictional was because I knew I wanted it to kind of be almost the stereotypical small-minded town of the rural area in New England at that time. Um, So, again, did not want to offend anybody by using a real town name. It's completely fictional, and all the the very gossipy people that live there, you know, are completely made up. Um, So I kind of just made an amalgamation of what I thought um, an early milling town in New England would be like, and I kind of looked at other milling towns around the area. Um, We have Lowell, which is a really famous one, but much bigger. Uh Um, And... I used a little bit of the town that, you know, Barrett House is actually from. Um, Mm -hmm. Some old photographs, obviously, 1820s. That doesn't help you much. Um, So, yeah, I guess it was mostly in my head. And then my publisher asked if I would draw a map of the town. And I said, oh, shit, I don't actually (laughs) keep track of what anything looks like. Um, <laughs> so I had to go back and read everything and make sure I could draw a map that kind of mirrored what I talked about and down to uh, mm-hmm. details that I'm not even sure I'd realized um, I think at one point I have one of the characters crossing the bridge over two rivers to go into town um, and I was like oh <laughs> so I had to draw two rivers with the bridge yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: We we didn't used to do maps, but we do now. Um, even if yeah. you never houses, even, if you, even if you write a book everything. and you never go back to it mm-hmm. again, you I think yeah. maps are. I mean, I they're never good enough that we could ever put in a book. You know, it's not like you know, like science no. fiction. You know, book and I, and they're we do hideous maps, yeah. but they're important.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, but we <laughs> right. know what they say. Right. Yeah. they are. Yeah. yeah. And being collaborators, we sometimes we have found out at the last minute that we're picturing things totally opposite. So we do a map uh-huh. first thing. So we're right, both there.
0: Right.
2: I love math. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you're good yeah, at math. Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
0: Definitely taught me a lesson. The second book, I'm I'm doing the math at the start, so I have that to refer to. I don't have to scramble to yeah, make it no. work at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. so fun.
2: So, are you excited to have your first book coming out? It's it's an exciting time, right?
1: It is, and you've got to be, like, totally, like, it's got to be very exciting for you. Or you, I just, oh, just relish it. Relish it. This is the best time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's still surreal because I feel like so much of it has been done from behind my computer. You know, you email with the Mm -hmm. publishers and the editors, and you get, you see things online, but, then you realize it's going to be in the real world and I'm going to be out there in the real world with my yeah. book. It's kind of hard to to wrap your head around as you yep. probably know. They're, yeah. Yeah.
2: They're
0: yeah. sending you That's on a cool. book
2: tour too, right? You're you're going to be making appearances all through October.
0: Yes, um For mostly it? around New England, yeah. but yeah. It was yeah. My first time doing anything like that, so excited but really nervous also.
2: Yeah. Uh Take a friend with you because you never know how it's going to go the first time. <laughs> That's <right>. Don't be <laughs> Always have a friend. Yeah. <laughs> or she'll come up and say, Oh, I love your book. I love your book. And then you draw attention. There's all kinds of things. Email me. I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So have a
0: coffee. I can do
1: that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well,. We are just about out of time, but uh, before mm-hmm. we let you go, can you tell the listeners where they can find more about you and what you do, uh, what's your website, et cetera, et cetera, where are you on social media type stuff?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, all, of my, all of my social media channels are a little different. I didn't really think that through too well. But um, if you go to my website, has Huss- all
2: the
0: links there, um, I'm Hester B. Fox on Twitter. Uh, I think those are pretty much the two biggest platforms I use, so you can definitely find them all there, or you can Google. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds yeah, good. That'll um, work.
1: Yep, and you know what? Congratulations. Um, mm-hmm. Good luck. And um, when you uh, when your next one comes out, uh, just hit us up, and we'll happily have you back.
2: Yeah, you have to thank stop you six so months much. in advance.
0: I know you're probably just yeah. okay, listening, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. All right, yeah. it was it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure meeting you, and a joy to have you on your first podcast. I, you know, yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank yeah,
0: you thank again. thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. You guys made it really easy and enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be hard to talk uh, about. <laughs> Oh, we're
2: we love and doing awesome, this. That's it's fun. It it easy. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's why we're fun. We're very clunky and very awkward. We're totally
1: unprofessional. No. Yeah, we are. We giggle anyway. a lot, especially
2: Alice there, so I
1: do, I do do. I'm obnoxious and that makes it easy So, all right. so yeah, again, thank you You are welcome back anytime Mm -hmm. We're looking forward to finishing The Witch of Willow Hall We recommend everybody get this book It'll be out October 2nd, just in time for Halloween It's good stuff, I can vouch for that And I'm looking forward to your next book So keep writing and keep doing your thing Um, Looking forward to having you back Mm -hmm. on the show and uh, yes. thanks for being here, and thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Thorning Cross, Haunted Nights Live, and until next week, we wish you Haunted Nights
2: and a Sweet Screams.
1: Thank you for listening.